Well, hello and welcome, listeners, to the second of, I hope, a great many, I'm sure it will be a great many, early game podcasts. And as the name suggests, this is a gaming podcast where we cover all of the news in the video game world and its surrounding fandoms. Um, and I am John, and this is my co-host, Evan. G'day, motherfuckers. Oh, we've gone straight in, straight in there <laughs> with, the, with the language. But that's, you know, it's... But what people have I'm come sure, to know and love already. I'm sure that we can mark this as explicit. Yeah, you're right. As long as we make it, <laughs> as long as we're careful, I'm sure we'll be fine. Uh, I did want to start off at the top of the show uh, just to thank everyone who listened on the first week. We got uh, overwhelmingly positive responses. Um, we've actually even got something mailed in by a listener, which is really exciting for our snack report that we'll go for next. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Not, not, not quite yet. I think we still have a little bit more intro to do before that. Oh, yeah, we're not yeah. going to go straight yeah. into eating. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no. Very much, uh, I should introduce that. We are going to go with the same sort of structure we did before. So I want to go over the news of the week, and then we're going to break into a larger discussion on this Blizzard Activision lawsuit that I'm sure you will all have heard about this past week. And then we'll be throwing in a few fun features along the way and rounding it out with uh, a report on what you should look forward to in the week ahead. Specifically at early game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The home of esports on the web and the number one community platform for video game enthusiasts. Now, if any of you would like to get involved with early game, um, obviously... Um Go sign up for my early game. It's a free service, and we have some pretty great perks, including some fantastic giveaways and um, a customizable homepage and uh, various other different features. Which um, I'm sure that if yeah, you jump over there and well. uh, yeah, some exclusive yeah. tournaments. We've got a, uh, I believe the next one's actually Fortnite. And it's about in two weeks' time. I yeah. believe. so yeah. that'll be really really cool. Yeah, that would be really cool. Um, um, and what I was going to say was that we currently have a poll going on the website for an early game slogan. So if you want a little bit of a hand in... Uh, oh, yeah. If you want a direct hand in, then please do come on and say what you want absolutely. Yeah, our slogan to be. We've got some good ones on there, some some that I didn't like as much, but there's a big range, so I'll see what you pick. Absolutely. Um, oh, I, I just want to give actually a personal shout-out. Uh, nothing too prolonged but just uh, a friend of mine from back home who I still game with regularly very close friend of mine called Lewis who listened to the thing in its entirety our, our first podcast and gave some very touching compliments to us both and to the show and really enjoyed it um yeah, so just I wanted to give that personal shout out because he really gave me some great feedback. Fantastic. But he was, as I say, I haven't told you this yet. Actually, this live, but he was very complimentary. So yeah. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. Was, yeah. So no, it's great. Great news. Great news to see that we we're getting a bit of positive reception. Yeah, hundred percent. hundred percent. Now, should we start first this week with going over what we've been playing this week, or would you like to open with a snack report? Well, I think we should open with the snack report, and then I want you to do something for me, John. I want you to do something very entertaining that I think the uh, listeners will greatly appreciate. Now, you see, Ooh. listeners, John wanted me to tell you that uh, we got a uh, particular delicious little snack sent in by a reader. It's not entirely true. This is a little kumquat from uh, my personal tree at my desk here at Early Game. So, so my, so the, you've immediately pulled down the curtain on my little ruse. Yes, you, you, I, I have, I have. Now, John, have you ever had a kumquat before? No. You I have not had a kumquat before. Them. I've barely even seen them. Until what I've is your perception now. of a kumquat? Well, I only laughed at the name when I was uh, a young teenager <laughs> and that kind of humour was enjoyable to me. Uh, so, yes, I mean, looking at it now, listeners, think small orange, very small orange, smaller even than a golf ball, just. Smaller than a lime. Yeah, even so, yeah. Yeah. So what I want you to do is you mentioned <laughs> that we're going, going to go through our week of gaming 
Yeah. I want you to do this whilst eating this kumquat. Is it unpleasant? <laughs> no, I'm wondering why. Well, look, I'll, I'll admit I do enjoy a good kumquat every now and again, and it's very nice and juice. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm willing to. It's got a little skin. It's got a peel there. Yeah, that, I've got to presumably... peel this thing. It's I probably like, it's should like have a, done this before we yeah, started recording. I, I should describe listeners, this is like an action man orange that Evan is now very slowly, <laughs> millimetre by millimetre, unpeeling. Why don't you, as you unpeel, tell the listeners what you've been playing this week? Well, that'll be pretty easy, actually. I've been playing the Mass Effect um, Legendary Edition, the new trilogy, and I'm up to the third Mass Effect game now. And um, I've got to tell you, mate, it's uh, just as good as it was 10 years ago. Oh, really? That's quite nice when you dip into a game and it isn't as dated as you... Well, well obviously, it'll still be dated, but if you can still enjoy it, that's, that's to be always honest, a very nice thing with older franchises. Uh, absolutely. And to be honest, I think that they did a really fantastic job with the remaster because they kept everything that was fantastic about the originals, but they did up it. It looks a lot better. Um, and I tell you what, like once they've upred, uh, <laughs> sorry about that, um, uprezzed the uh, the graphics and the textures in that game, it just uh, it really pops. And that new cinematic, you know, photo mode is pretty cool. I haven't really been using it, but because let's be real, who fucking uses? <laughs> if you're gonna go play the game, play the game. A cinematic camera mode in the game. In the game. In the game. In the game. Hi everyone. Just a short note from me, Faris. I'm the editor of this lovely podcast. I am the one who uses the camera modes. I love the camera modes and I love the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Played the whole trilogy. It was fantastic. Can only echo Evan's words. Now back to the pod. Oh, there you go. I really fucked that up. <laughs> You've made, yeah, you have made a bit of a mess of this, but it still looks, it still looks, um, well, every bit as enjoyable as it did before. I'd say, just think Action Man Clementine. And it's also not like a, you know, okay. mass-produced one, which is easy to to peel. Okay. First bite. Very sour. Very, very sour. Oh. All right, now what are you playing? What have you been playing? Mm. So this week, I haven't been playing lots of... <laughs> oh. I haven't been playing loads of video games. Uh, well, I've been largely getting back into Warhammer, which is my, uh, which is just a, a, a love of mine, um, and actually playing a video game based on Warhammer, a kind of top-down strategy game on PC. Think, start a nation, build your church, send out your army. Okay, what's Classic. it called? Uh, t- it's a total war game. Total oh war yeah, Warhammer. of course I know. I know you that know game. Yeah, of course. War, yeah. I think everybody does. To yeah, be honest, yeah, mate. yeah. Everyone on yeah. that game. Um, but yeah, it's it's fantastic. Um, I, you know, as I said last week, I absolutely love fantasy, um, and it's just been great because at the same time I've been building this uh, Warhammer army, so it's just been this really nice kind of interplay of the video game and the other stuff, mm. which has been nice. But obviously, also Warzone, which. Uh, <laughs> My crippling addiction to continue, so still getting in a good few, well, I was about to say minutes, realistically hours, uh, an evening. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but nothing too near exciting, certainly no new games. I, uh, I tried a bit more Valorant, but that's that's not new. I just tried some with, with someone in the office who's particularly good here. Uh, Anthony, who is, our, who is a very wonderful colleague and who I also promised a shout out to that I'm now quickly putting in the podcast absolutely absolutely yeah um so yeah as i say you uh, probably find warhammer. anthony when you when you comment on uh, on facebook he's a 
Yes. He's our social media guy. And especially if you insult people, as many people did to one of my articles when I gave away my perhaps left-wing political leanings in... Well, not particularly. It was okay, one article... please give me this story. I haven't heard this story. Uh, I had an article on the trashiest skins in Warzone, and I was saying that um, some of the skins they used were... They, they had one where it was um, a... It was covered in flowers, the gun... And there were loads of references to the Kent State Massacre. Do you know the famous one where of the course. Vietnam War... Uh, Ohio, uh, uh, the song Ohio, Ohio is about the massacre. For Tim those that don't know and Nixon coming. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, for people that don't know at home, Vietnam War, American students protesting were gunned down by National Guard. Uh, and I thought that this was... Uh, I just thought it was an incredibly trashy thing for Call of Duty to make a skin out of. Um and but let's be a real. Lot of I mean, Facebook users disagreed and thought I was too <laughs> sensitive, and they were they they called for my well well one person in particular called for my resignation, but he was definitely <laughs> on the more extreme end. And Anthony really came at him hard, so that oh, was very fantastic. Nice. Yeah, 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 it was nice to see. Well, I think I got told to go to go to bed over an article, and I didn't really understand what that meant. No, it's not. Go to a, bed. It's not <laughs> a crippling okay. insult, is it? Sure. I mean, I'd like a good nap. So yeah. No. Um, Maybe there's a hidden meaning there that I'm just too stupid to comprehend. I mean, I what was the article about? I remember. I remember. Yeah, it was some some silly thing about some some streamer. I I don't know. I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, you're quickly re- well. Well, I'm sure all of the listeners already know, but people are their emotions are massively amplified on social media. Absolutely, so you'd absolutely. be shocked at how extreme people's opinions are when it relates to video games. But that said, listeners, not to isolate anyone, we're so glad you're all listening and we'll uh, go now from our snack report and from our what we've been playing in the week to, as we did last week, our news articles. Oh, actually, no. No. Let me jump in here with a feature I want to test on you. Uh, A question much like my, well, a, a question much like my last. Okay, close your eyes and picture the scene and you at home, listeners, please do the same. I, I have my eyes closed. And please, if, if you're not doing this at home, then you have no class and you should stop listening. <laughs> so wherever you may be, please, imagine that there is a cataclysmic event that is going to end mankind as we know it. A nuclear winter that will allow only a few lucky hundred to survive in a purpose-built bunker. Now, without explaining exactly how this is possible... I've put in that bunker a PC that can emulate and play any game from any era, but I've only put a disc folder like the old ones where you'd with the clear ones that mm-hmm. would have the mm-hmm. sleeves in for your games. I've, only I've left got you plenty one of them at home, actually. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. Well, wonderful. You all know exactly what I'm talking about. And well, our younger listeners in the age of CDs, we used to have folders with, <laughs> yeah, transparent sleeves in them. Imagine that there are 15 sleeves that can be filled with discs. So just 15 games that could come with you on this, uh, well, not epic journey, but on this awful survival mission, and that you would, once you'd repopulated the Earth, you would share these games with humanity again. So I'm looking for 15 games that we'll slowly collect over the course of the podcast that are so good, they deserve to be the ones that we go on and we give to the next generation to inspire new games. Okay, and are we going to um, choose one each and then debate it out to, to decide on one particular game? I was thinking we do, I will ask you this week, then next week you ask me, and I would defend my choice. Okay. What do you think? Okay, I, I thought it might be cool to actually do a bit of a debate. Oh, so each week we'd only have one slot. But we had two, cho- two choices. Rifles. And I think what would be really nice is if some listeners wrote us... 
are, and they could call the show and try and defend because I'm really well, open on I, this feature. I don't the best. I don't know minutes. about the calling into the show because we're not live. <laughs> But they but. can still call me at this time when we record. Oh, no, okay, okay, okay. This is getting harder and harder. Okay, right. Back to the moment. You can see the nuclear winter coming. You know, there's, the sun has been blocked out by sulfur in the clouds. Okay. The world is coming to an end. There's just a few hundred humans desperately running to the bunker. You're lucky. You're lucky you're one of them, Evan. I'm sure many of your loved ones were lucky enough to join you. And you've got the computer, and you're asked which game you'd want to be in this 15 that we save for mankind. Okay, will we have internet connection? <laughs> That's a pretty important question. No. Okay, so it has to be a multi, uh, well, non well, well, multiplayer game. Well, it will inspire game. the future. So you could bring a multiplayer game and argue that when we do repopulate the Earth, this can be a game that will be multiplayer, but you don't in the bunker. Not in the bunker. No. Well, I mean, to be honest, when I'm in the bunker, I want something that I can play because it's probably going to be a bit of a boring winter. So you're, so you're thinking more winter, of your own eh? boredom <laughs> than the future art and cultural succession of mankind. Well, well let, let, let's be real. Is there really any art in multiplayer games? I, I, oh. I very well. Whoa, there's oh. a conversation for another week. There you you've go. opened a can of worms. That bang. I think we. I think we both know video games can be art and multiplayer ones. Well, I think the one thing that I should probably um, just simply say to just say no um i think the fallout games probably <laughs> would be a little bit insensitive yeah the fallout games would be yeah no one wants to be reminded of their situation so they're uh, uh, they've been banned but look I, i've got to say um we're, we're trying to we're going to repopulate the earth yeah so there are a few things that we need to understand about this right safe sex uh <laughs> I, well the opposite if you're repopulating the earth surely well, safe sex in terms of it's going to be a very small gene pool, so you don't want those diseases, oh, you know. Yes. I don't know if the video games should... Well, maybe they would influence yeah. that. Please, state your case. Um, be, be careful about drugs, kids. And <laughs> violence. So, my choice for game is Grand Theft Auto V. Which, of course, has unsafe sex, drugs and violence, and crime in it. Exactly. Because my <laughs> thoughts behind this is simple. My thought behind this is that by the time it gets to the point where the Earth has been repopulated and we can introduce these games to this new society, they will have had such a boring fucking life. So you want to reintroduce them to a new world, a new dawn, via a game that is ostensibly about crime. <laughs> That's how you want to build your brave new society in uh, Williamsville. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, look, it's... Uh... It's chaos, man. It's uh, chaos. Yeah, it, yeah, it would be chaos. Uh, I'll, I mean, I mean, I'll, I'll hit back on you immediately with GTA. Fantastic game. I think you made a good choice there. I'm just, I'm just not sold on your reasoning here that this would be a great thing to be. Look, I'm, look, I'm not saying bring an educational game. Very much far from it. <laughs> Mafaru. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, very much not. We do want something fun. You're right. It's been a terrible life, but I'm just. <laughs> Okay, GTA Five is perhaps now the most iconic of the GTA series, even more so than your Which San Andreas. Which is wild, but that's a whole cities. other topic. Again, a whole other topic, but I would say perhaps true. And GTA is a fantastic, fantastic franchise. I suppose in the new world, there would be so few of you, there probably wouldn't be any crime. So there have wouldn't be any seen, threat of them committing crime. Have you seen any post-apocalyptic film ever? I yeah, mean, the walking, quite the walking Dead is no longer about zombies. It's about 
fuckwits murdering other fuckwits. That's the entire show at this point. But you'll be encouraging that if you bring GTA. Whereas if you brought Animal Planet, we might be looking at a peaceful utopia. I don't think in any way, shape or form we'll be looking at a peaceful utopia. I mean, let's be real, this is a, probably, what, a nuclear holocaust? Mm, yeah. I think it'd probably be quite a dangerous It'll society. It'll be bleak either way. Yeah. I mean, GTA is going to give people a lot of time. I like that it will inspire future RPGs And it has well. that multiplayer aspect for once, you know, once but, everything comes up online. But a kind of fake world with microtransactions. Ah, I'm just... I, I, it's I, the I, pinnacle I, of, of video games, man. It's it's the pinnacle of everything that's not right about video games, but it's also the pinnacle of everything that is good about video games. It's got all of those shitty microtransactions, but then it has that amazing single player component. Yeah, it does. It's not like it's from and Trevor. On, it's not like it's on. on a half-assed experience. If Trevor it's isn't the game. epitome of the American dream, I don't know what is. <laughs> Well, again, that's a that's a role model for anyone that hasn't played GTA. The very few of you GTA Five, I'll tell you this much: Trevor is not a role model you'd want to take forward into the dawn of mankind. I'm gonna I'm gonna veto it. I'm gonna veto. It, I think. It, it, look, look, no, GTA, but you have to you have to bring game. some kind of a choice, another choice, okay, an okay. alternative. Okay, we've had your reasoning. I'm saying at this point, I'm not sold on this being a good game to start mankind with, although it is a fantastic game. I'll come at you with another suggestion next week, and then we'll see where we stand on whether one of the two of them will make it in. Sounds good to me. Okay, okay. Please give us your opinions. Well, uh, well GTA... Tweet I, I at Olimar Will. Oh, I thought it was going to me, sorry. No, <laughs> well, you can tweet me as well. Uh, <laughs> or uh, tweet at EarlyGameGG as well, obviously. Yeah, yeah, of course, the official tweet. But why not go personal for the exactly. personal touch? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Hashtag you both. All right, well, we're about 17 minutes in, so we should probably go into our first proper segment at this point, shouldn't we? I know, we've already, uh, we already said we're trying to hone it down, but, uh, well, it's, it's, it's live. It's lovely. I like, to, I like to hear that that was the video game you're going to bring in, uh, although I massively disagree. It was an enjoyable chat. Right. I mean, I have other options if you really want to hear them. In future weeks, yes. But let me tell you now, both you, Evan, and you, dear listeners, about some of the biggest news this week that you may have missed. Um, so, where to begin? First thing, I'm going to start um, probably with the relatively smaller things here. Halo Infinite. The beta has started. It's begun. And it looks like it might be the comeback that a lot of fans wanted from Halo 3, but it looks like that kind of game might not be able to compete if it doesn't have some kind of battle royale. So it is nostalgic on what people want in one sense, but so far we've only seen an arcade side of it. So can that survive in this environment is something I was wondering at least. Well, to be honest, um, if it can't, then I've lost all faith in this industry. Because honestly, I mean, like, Call of Duty multiplayer, uh, not Call of Duty, I'm sorry, Halo multiplayer has always been the pinnacle of multiplayer. I mean, I understand that people weren't the biggest fans of Halo 4, people weren't the biggest fans of Halo 5, especially Halo 5. But throughout all of these games, what has been very solid has always been the multiplayer portions. Obviously, there have been questionable moments. There have been, you know, examples and reasons why, you know, those particular two games that I just mentioned weren't necessarily people's favourite in the series. But they always held a certain standard of quality that I think that you don't see from a game like Black Ops Cold War, if I'm honest with you. Yeah, no, definitely not. In the case of Black Ops Cold War, no. People had to go at Halo 5 and 4 because it might not have been 
the successor to Halo 3, which was so incredible, but it was still, they were both far better than modern receive, modern games we've been receiving, um, or held a standard of quality, as you put it. But that said, I think people have, and I think I think you gave it away there as well a little, that a lot of Halo fans have been, I've, I've heard a similar thing to what you've just said there on uh, in, within Halo communities, that there's almost this sense that if there was a BR, it would almost be a betrayal of Halo. And I think there's, there's such a negative prejudice around them. I think it's because Battle Royales came into our lives with Fortnite and it was so cartoony and colourful and a lot of people associated with very young children doing these very cringy, silly dances and it didn't seem to have any real character and it seemed to be so... It, it just seemed to be everything people didn't like about the very young generation of gamers. So Battle Royales have carried with them this awful um, reputation as this thing that's going to replace what you grew up with and what you loved and it's going to be this kind of cheap cash grab mode that is everywhere now and you can't escape and while it has led to the downfall of arcades I, I, I'm actually of the opinion as much as I too loved Halo 3 that I don't, I don't know if a shooter would be able to compete with the likes of Battle Royales if it didn't have one it's almost like a you know, join them or you'll sink, which is a shame. But but I really give, don't can, know. Can you give me a pitch for? Can you give me a pitch for Battle Royale? Though? Because for me, I'm like, well, it's the inte- it's, it's it's a great game mode. I'm not denying that it's a good, high quality game mode. That that's a lot of fun. But come on, I mean, it's it's fucking Battle Royale. What's so special about this game mode that? People are going to just not play a game like Halo because it doesn't have Battle Royale. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I disagree completely on that. I mean, I think it's I think it's that people, I think, are now more interested in having a longer life, that there's more of a story to it. So you start on the map and you go here and you do this thing and then you go here and you get this whole adventure rather than the respawn, go to the same place, die, respawn, same place, die, which isn't, you know, I don't, I don't want to say, you know, I've said it there and uh, my, my tone was more facetious than I meant. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, it wasn't that. Halo 3 was a lot more than that. But that's what it feels like once you do it for thousands and thousands of times. Whereas a battle royale, there is that kind of, as I say, sense of adventure, sense of story to your life every time you spawn in and you parachute down. So it's a bit more meaningful and you care about your life a bit more. And it's really hard to recreate the intensity of that battle royale when it, when it closes in and, you know, you beat already the 90 or 100 mm. something people and you're there and you're one of these final. And, you know, if you finish this final group of 10 people, you're the, you're the number one out of 150 or 100 or something. And it's really hard, I think, to replicate that intensity um, yeah. in arcade games. So that, that's, that's the, uh, you know, advoca- advocating for the devil there that I would do on behalf of Battle Royales. Yeah. yeah. What, uh, well, but but how, how likely do you think it is that, that Halo will get a Battle Royale? So good point. Second part of the news that I should mention is that this is not verified 100%, but an audio clip was leaked that was said to be data mined from Halo that had a void video. There's an audio recording of the classic Halo commentator saying "Battle Royale," and it's said in that voice. Now it might be a very clever ruse from someone that could emulate the voice, or someone's actually found the iconic Halo commentator saying it. In which case, it's confirmed. But that was news that came out only a few days ago now, mm. and. I don't know. I, I'm tempted to believe it. I honestly think, as much as as you say, I think a lot of fans don't want to hear about a battle royale. I really think it would just help them, and it wouldn't be a particularly hard mode for them to 
incorporate mm. into the game. And it's a tried and tested method. You know, it does I, mean, I think work. that it's pretty um, pointless to even suggest that a that a Halo battle royale wouldn't be successful. I mean, mm. I think it's it's ripe for a battle royale. I think it would also work really well with Halo. Yeah, we've got the kind of environments for it. Because yeah. I mean, Halo's maps have always been quite a lot more open worldy than a lot of other more arcadey shooters. Yeah. Um, especially you know classic COD maps and stuff like that. A lot of very narrow corridors and this kind of your classic Call of Duty three laner. You Ex- didn't get exactly. that as much in Halo. It was happy to be a bit more asymmetric. Yeah, and, and yeah. I mean it's the same with the levels in in single yeah. player as well. I mean since Halo Combat evolved, it's been a bit like that. So I can see it happening and I can see it being very successful. Um, I don't think that they need to do it, but I'm not going to complain if they do do it as well. I just probably won't play that game mode. No, and that's fair enough. But I think I think that's the attitude I would rather see more of in the Halo community of people thinking, okay, I might not have to play it, but you could still have a good Halo do even you if it think, included that. Do you think, and I don't know if I have a strong opinion on this yet, but do you think that... Um, Possibly a battle royale mode could be their gateway to reintroducing Halo as an esport because it did used to be a major esport, but it's not really anymore. Mainly because the last two Halo games have been underwhelming, and to be honest, there have been only two Halo games in the last decade. Yeah. Mainline Halo games. Yeah. And they started so much of what we came to know as I mean, esports. I think it's idea. pretty wild to think about that um, on the Xbox One, there was Halo 5. Yeah. There was the Master Chief Collection, but that was old games. On Xbox One, there was Halo 5. On Xbox 360, there was Halo 3, ODST, Reach, and Halo 4. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. I mean, and, um, and the... Uh, strategy game but i think i think the halo halo in particular i think did need a time off to spend a bit longer go back to the drawing board after five <laughs> get some serious fun obviously they always had the serious funding that's pointless to say but really to get some time back to the drawing board and try and think okay what what originally won people over with halo because they can't just keep blaming it on playstations being more popular halo 5 and halo 4 were just objectively i think not as good as halo 3 um, and I think almost everyone would agree with me on that. So I think it was, you're right, it's been such a long time, and that is you know, obviously a shame, and we rather I mean, had more regular games, but I think they needed it. I have to tell you, mate, just having this conversation, because I haven't talked about Halo in, in probably four or five years, well, how, yeah. in basically however long it has been since Halo 5. Yeah. And um, it's getting giving me goosebumps, I'm excited. I want to I wanna go home and boot up my computer and uh, play play some Halo. <laughs> yeah, that's that, yeah. Because, man, like, some of those original Halo games were just some of the best shooters ever. Exactly, and I really hope that's the excitement other people feel as well. Yeah. Because this should be the kind of return to form. I want, I want people to feel that Halo 3 hype again and just to go back. I really want this to be fantastic. And I think Infinite yeah. definitely has the boots for it. Yeah. I think that the free-to-play for the multiplayer is a genius fucking idea. Yeah. Though I do have my reservations about it in terms of how they'll monetize it because obviously, you know, I, I don't want it to turn into a Fortnite situation where it's all about different skins and shit because I think it's just... But I also don't want it to be this pay-to-win model which you saw before, the Fortnite model of skins and shit. At least, um, at least cosmetic only is slightly friendlier. Yeah. It is, it, it's objectively yeah. quite a bit friendlier than a pay-to-win model. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, we'll have to wait and see how they. But I, I don't want to be seeing any. You know, like uh, you can play as Lara Croft in fucking Halo. Like, no. I'm sorry, no, thank you. No, I don't want any of that. I still want to be in Spartan Play for sure, for sure. Yeah. It take me right back there, being young. <laughs> Dragon Fiora on one side, Afro Samurai on the right, jumping into the pit. But as I say, that was our Halo news, so beta out now. Expect some screenshots to leak from the playtesters, guys. They they will almost certainly happen. It always does when there's this public at-home playtesting. And the second bit of news we'll come to now is that Lord of the Rings, the Amazon Prime TV show that we've been hearing about for some years, now has a release date, which is next year, September 22nd. Let September me. 22nd, that's very specific. Let me double check that because I don't want to make a mistake. I don't know if we've had to come back from a quick edit there. Faris, our producer's wonderfully clean at those things, but it is indeed September 22nd, 2022, so about a year and a couple of months from when this was recorded that we're going to get the first, well, we're going to get the launch, the first episode of at least of Amazon's Lord of the Rings. We also know that it's going to be a show that they put out weekly rather than giving us a box set, which I think is a good idea. I like that as well. Right? I'm sick of this bullshit where they just drop the entire show at once. You know, I got more joy out of um, the way that, for example, Handmaid's Tale came out this year where they gave us a, a nice big taster at the beginning of the season. I think it was like three episodes all in one drop and then they, you know, gave us an episode a, a week. Um, I've also been watching uh, This Is Us yeah. recently with, with my girlfriend and... Uh, they also released this previous season over a bigger period of time, which actually was really great because you could actually look forward to the next episode. And it can create a community. You can talk to people yeah. about it. If everyone who's watching I, has to wait for episode two, then it's not one person watches it all day one and has to hide their spoilers. It's that you can talk to people at work about it. You know, exactly. And also, week. I mean, you have those water cooler moments. Yeah. Uh, you don't really have that with a lot of these TV shows in the moment because they're you know, no. they all drop at the same time. Every episode comes out. So you might have maybe a week or two of discussion and then it's over. Yeah, exactly. Whereas this especially, this mm. especially should be a community event. You don't really have those red wedding moments anymore. No, no. Well, mm. ho hopefully, though, this is going to change that with the weekly schedule and we, and we should get that. Um, th I should add as well that Amazon uh, gave this news alongside the first image of uh, what's going to be the show. Now... I want to carry on with the news and make this quite succinct. And this is a video game It's in the podcast. Undying Lands. Yes, yes. This is going to be a... Well, I don't know how deep here to go for Tolkien fans, but what was shocking about this, what was really shocking among the community, uh, is that we knew we were getting the Second Age, so the age before the events of The Lord of the Rings. And you could make a Second Age show based on the information in the appendix to The Return of the King. There really is so much you could make a show based on it. Mm -hmm. That's what we thought Amazon was doing. The Tolkien estate famously only let people use The Lord of the Rings books because Christopher Tolkien, the son of the author, hated the films that Peter Jackson did so much he refused to let the other works be adapted. He is now, sadly, unfortunately, passed away last year. I didn't know that. Yeah, he passed away in 2020, at the beginning of 2020, which is very sad. But he, he must have made a deal a few years before the end of his life with Amazon to allow them to use the Silmarillion, which is a law book from Tolkien, which basically covers the greater history of Middle-earth. And we know that he must have done that because in the first image of the show, 
It's not of the second age, but it's of the year of the trees, which comes even before the first age. So think prehistoric Middle-earth. Oh, we're going a bit too deep here, mate. We're yeah. going maybe a bit too deep. <laughs> For Tolkien fans, uh, I have a, I have a, what I think is a good article. I, I think it's a fantastic article, actually. I've really dug deep here because I'm a very obsessive Tolkien nerd on what we're getting with this. But effectively, the, the big takeaway from this is that for the first time, we're getting the rest of Lord of the Ring literature, the rest of Middle-earth literature. So expect in the future a lot more TV shows and films that are going to cover the other histories of Middle-earth. So read the article, because I won't spoil it, for my prediction of what we'll get in the show. And so for context, that's the Lord of the Rings TV show release date and first look on earlygame.com. And we'll have a, a helpful link to that in the description to this show. And which category will you find that in? Entertainment, John? of course. Entertainment. Entertainment. Awesome. Uh, I think Fionor's going to be there, and it'll involve Kellenbra and... Okay, no, no, right. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. Thought, I thought I could sneak okay. in my prediction, but it's very I, I am also a huge Lord of the Rings fan, but I do believe we should probably move on. Yeah, yeah. This one is, this one is as I say, this one is a real deep dive. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... The big takeaway, Silmarillion's being used, not just Second Age, some of it's set in the years of the two trees, probably Fionor, probably Celebrimbor's going to be involved as well. So, I was so cheeky there, I still continued, but I just couldn't help myself. So our third piece of news, uh, this is a pretty big one, I think, before we move into our discussion. Now, neither of us do play it, but this is still huge video game news for Fortnite. This is that Ariana Grande is going to be giving... So the people that aren't gamers maybe this will sound strange she's going to be giving a concert in game so you could you'll be going to an ariana grande concert in game and she will be performing live like sort of streamed it will be a performance but it will be an animated performance that you'll watch at home from your she'll probably be in a mocap suit and stuff like that while she's playing exactly yeah, yeah exactly uh and well as we reported and i think forbes as well we think she's going to get at least 20 million for it, so why the hell wouldn't she do it? But it's a strange, strange new world we're living in. And that's on the 7th, which would be this weekend. So, do you think that this. Listeners, if you do love Ariana Grande, <laughs> download and install Fortnite and play the game Fortnite to what. I, I, I don't know who this appeals to. I believe that it's in Fortnite. Fortnite. I mean, you, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it'll probably be in the party mode version of Fortnite. Which would that mean? Would that require a lesser download? I, no, I, I think you still have to download the whole game. But, okay. Um, but yeah, it's not just in like no one can shoot you. <laughs> oh yeah, mid concert. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I should say it's not a battle royale where she's in the center of the circle singing as you play. Good correction. Yeah, that yeah. would be ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. think it'd be a lot more interesting than the actual news, though. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. actually would be fascinating <laughs> if people could play alongside her. I would download Fortnite just for that. Yeah, so would I if I <laughs> if I could play a game where people were watching Ariana Grande. But I mean, for twenty million bucks, that's uh... why the hell not? Why the hell not? Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> this next piece of news is on the Ghost of Tsushima, which for many people would have been their game of the year last year, and we've just heard that on August twentieth, alongside the Ghost of Tsushima director's cut will be coming a DLC expansion of the game called Icky Island, in which you'll get a whole new playable area in the game. It, it sounds very extensive. We, we, we can't give you exact details yet, but it sounds like you're really going to be getting quite a bulk of story with this. Um, and, well, there are some... You know, it's not all good news, I'm afraid. There's some bad news for PS5 owners, 
But, as I say, you're getting a bulk of story with this. You're getting new villains, new armors, new skills. And it seems like a really, more than a traditional DLC, it feels like an expansion. Like, you're really going to be getting, a, you know, 10, 20 hours worth of game. Now, the bad news I was talking about there is, if you do own the version of Go, if you do own Ghost of Tsushima already on PS4, if you wanted to get, if you, if you bought a PS5, even if it was in your digital library, you would need to pay for the upgrade, which, which, which caused a controversy this afternoon within our office when I was speaking to about this with Amadou. He thought that was absolutely fair enough. I'm less certain. Um, I think if you've paid for it once from Sony, here's the deal. Here's what I what I think of this is um, absolutely you should play. You should uh, sorry. Absolutely you should pay for the expansion pack. I think that. Um, why? Why ask for more money for a game you've already purchased? I mean, I understand why. It really just depends on ignoring Iki Island. What have they done to the original game to warrant this extra price? I mean, I have to admit that it is better that we can pay for an upgrade than have to buy the whole new game. That's something, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That's actually relatively consumer friendly. But I mean, I I believe that with uh, I think it's FIFA twenty two, you're not going to be able to do that. Oh, FIFA's never been. Uh, <laughs> FIFA knows their fans um, will pay for any game. <laughs> yeah, so I, I I think that that is actually a good thing. And and to be honest, I think um, yeah, why why what is it going to be in ten buck upgrade or something like that? I mean, it's kind of a no brainer if you really want it on PS five, um, to go ahead and just get the upgrade, um, because it is a fantastic game. But um, it, it is kind of It feels weird. like you're being nickel and dimed, you know? You've yeah. already paid for a PS5 from Sony. Oh, I mean, well, I, you know, well, okay, I should excuse myself there. It might be that the publishers of Ghost of Tsushima are, are applying this price mark, but it does just no, feel like it would, it wouldn't be. it would be Sony. Okay, Sucker Punch probably wouldn't have any say in the pricing model. I mean, it's the, the, that's the publisher's job. Okay, okay. So, they, so it would be... Oh, yeah, because it's... Uh, of course... It, it, it's a Sony. It's, it's a Sony. Um, mm-hmm. It's a Sony studio. So you're exactly right. Yeah. Sorry, it's not third party here. So yeah, they would have decided on this. And I don't know. As I say, in, people in, that have paid hundreds for a PS5, they yeah. kind of want to feel like they're getting their library. You know, the reason I got a PS5 is because I wanted to stay with my PS4. I had my games there. I'm staying with Sony. I'm sharing my allegiance. So don't don't upcharge me to because I've decided to stay with you and upgrade. And I want to keep my library. Yeah, it's a bit tacky, isn't it? Yeah, just a bit, just a bit. But I mean, at least you are getting. Uh, a good bit of story with this director's cut. Of the Absolutely. Game. No. no, I mean, like, this uh, Icky Island thing, it looks really good. Um, it looks really cool. Um, and I think it'll be really nice. What do you think, though? And I actually wanted to ask you this, because I think that this is really funny. Um, we have Ghost of Tsushima, director's cut, now, and we also have this um, Death Stranding director's cut thing. That is coming out. Yeah. This is new. To call a game the director's cut. Do they yeah. understand what a director's cut is in terms of, you know, what it is in terms of films? It's a bit of a different thing than just a... Um, yeah. 
than just a upgraded version. I, I think it's very funny, actually, because I remember, uh, you know, the Game of the Year edition used to be the big thing, you know, yeah. like uh, Witcher-free Game of the Year edition of all of the different downloadable contents and expansion packs. It was always great because if you wanted to get it on a different system or upgrade to next gen or whatever it is, yeah. you could do that with this and have all of that extra content as well. Yeah. But it was always very funny because every fucking game would have a game of the year edition yeah. and it's like, what? If they were just from the most obscure publication like yeah. game of the year, they could technically bring Do, do you really think that edition? Call of Duty Ghosts was game of the year? I mean, yeah. you know, like, yeah. I don't know about that, mate. A- anyone who played or remembered that area knows all too well that Go- Call of Duty Ghosts was painfully not one of the good yeah. ones. No, the only no. redeeming feature being a Scottish But ruin. just to be clear, I don't actually know if that particular game got a game of the year. But Oh, maybe you know, I'm just throwing flyer on them. Yeah. I just remember it as being terrible, but as I said, um, great Scottish ruin map I played with my friend Andy. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why I had to include that little personal touch, but we did love that map. All right. <laughs> okay, uh, that sort of wraps up the bulk of the news, the big stories that you might have missed if you're going about your busy life, but you want to keep your ears to the ground gaming-wise. The last one isn't really news. Um, well, well, we're gonna. Well, the last one we're actually gonna break into our big discussion. And it's well, I huge. thought just before we get into that, I did just want to say um, that you know, Battlefield's Portal mode was announced since we um, yeah. recorded the last podcast. Just keep in mind that we recorded this podcast actually um, two weeks to the dot since we recorded the first one. It's going to be now a weekly podcast from now on. It was just you know now scheduling you can issues. It weekly, exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we are a little bit behind in the news, but yeah, Battlefield 2042 announced their portal mode. Yeah, and it's amazing. Quick rundown. And that doesn't know. A too long didn't read. Imagine a uh, imagine that. Well, not imagine. Battlefield are taking all of the beloved vehicles and weapons and maps from across the franchise, way back to Battlefield 1942, and the stuff from Battlefield 3 and 4 and Bad Company, and they're bringing it all forward into this portal mode. And the idea is they're going to remaster some of these community favorite maps. And then within that mode, they're going to throw like a sandbox all of these things in, so you could have a Thompson from Battlefield 1942 and you could have a soldier from the present day from Battlefield 4 who was wielding it but he could be riding on a horse from Battlefield 1 through Shanghai from again Battlefield 4 that that's a sort of succinct way as I can think of as describing it it's essentially all of these different eras and time periods no worry about how accurate it is bundle them together have a laugh in this love letter to the community and let them go and have fun with the mode. I think it's just another example of how EA just seemed to be nailing it at the moment. Right, right. Isn't that odd? And it's very odd? bizarre because we're seeing all of these other companies like Ubisoft and Activision yeah. all like they're in they're in deep shit at the moment. But, but do you remember how Electronic recently, Arts used to be, you know... They were hated when Battlefield, when Battlefront 2 came out and, and there was Battlefield that famously 5. awful microsystem. And Battlefield 5 did badly. And that's only two years ago. And now here we are... And uh, everyone's loving them. Battlefield's going to be the community favourite, mm. you know. And then, as, as you say, we're going to talk about, everyone else seems to be in hot water or trouble. And it's just this men- yeah, it's just this switch we could never have imagined even two years ago. Yeah. Which, which does neatly bring us on, perhaps, to our... Not so much... Well, it is news, um, but it's also going to be our discussion because it is important and it is also the biggest story, I think, that's happened in gaming since our last episode. So... 
This news, I'm sure, will have already been seen by quite a few of you, and it's not news that's happened. We're still in an ongoing story as the shell shock from this continues to send ripples through the industry. And more and more uh, of these awful cases and situations seem to be coming to the fore. But Activision and Blizzard, Activision Blizzard, the company that owns so many of the biggest games, and one of the largest video games companies in the world, who I'm sure that's no surprise to a great many of you that do follow video games. But they were sued by the Department of Fair Employment and Housing, so on behalf, essentially, of this department within California who work for the Californian government. And they were accused of sexual discrimination and sexual harassment. I say accused to be legally safe, but given the how extensive the report was and how much it's corroborated by so many individuals and thousands of employees who have signed a letter together, I think we can assume that this isn't this isn't an allegation in the dark. It seems like they had a generally quite toxic culture for a number of years that led to multiple instances of sexual harassment in the workplace. And it seems like they had a culture in which people could turn up drunk, that's what they said, or hung over at least in the report, and that a lot of the employees would do a curb, uh, sorry, um, cubicle crawling, where they would go with a beer to one person's desk, then to another. And it was said that on these curb crawls, the male employees might do at least inappropriate things to their female employees. Now, it gets quite... Um, it's quite a harrowing read the lawsuit because it gets a lot worse than that. And I'm unsure in this format how much you want to go into. But I feel that to pay respect at least to the victims, we should say that one woman committed suicide because compromising photos of her were shared around at an office Just to party. Be, um, to be clear, um, obviously the, the reason for the suicide is un... Um Disputed by it's Blizzard. Disputed by Blizzard. Um, we'll go into that in a minute. But um, you're right. To be it, careful, it, it I should seems say very that. clear that there is some kind of link. Yeah, uncompromising photos were shared, and then we had this. I shouldn't say resultant, but subsequent uh, suicide, and among other, uh, as I say, quite harrowing examples of sexual harassment. There was a really bad case of one employee in. in individually, uh, who worked for Blizzard and worked in for World of Warcraft as a high-up exec who had what became known colloquially as a Cosby suite at the BlizzCon, their main uh, conference of the year. And the BlizzCon, his hotel room was called the Cosby suite. Cros because he was Crosby suite. Crosby suite, sorry. Uh, it was a play on, the on obviously. Oh, because name. of his second name. Yeah, sorry. So it was a play. So they would have called it the Crosby suite in reference to... Obviously. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was said that this person would try and persuade female employees mm. to go up to this suite. And obviously, there's massive I, questions of consent. If it's I also do want to just suite. point out that um, during the period that these particular charges are being alleged to have taken place, um, the Bill Cosby, the, the issue of Bill Cosby wasn't in the media limelight yet. No, no. It was sort of known um, about in Hollywood so I think circles, that, that is a contextual thing that I think um, do, does get a bit missing from the um, from the discussion around this. That doesn't necessarily mean that they didn't know and it doesn't necessarily mean that um, it's any better. No. Yeah, you're right, though. It's been 
don't know how you'd say it, posthumously described as that suite. Yeah. But that's the kind of behaviour that this particular employee was engaging in. And it seems that besides all of this uh, quite awful sexual harassment, there was just a general culture of toxicity towards women and a constant uh, refusal to promote women into higher positions within the business. And then it was essentially a boys' club and the Blizzard and Activision independently and then as one company as of 2008 had this, um, as I say, boys' club culture that was very very toxic uh, to say the to say the least of it now you can sense the uncertainty in my voice i'm really not sure how much in this format i'd be willing to go into but i do advise any of you that might be interested in this case to just go and read the lawsuit that's publicly available because there's many of many terrible examples um that i as i say i'm just not sure about how much i want to describe here now i was a bit convoluted there but on the day this happened, we were both talking to each other. This is within our company, the news that me and Evan might cover. I was really glad Evan was there that day because I, I wasn't working, but we were talking about it. And you wrote, I thought, a very good, a very good column, a very good column on it, a very good piece on it that was comprehensive. And that I was glad that we tried to sort of um, that, we, that we tried to do justice to this and we tried to spread this, uh, spread the word that people should if they wanted to, if they were voluntarily willing to, perhaps consider even a boycott of Blizzard. You know, now, now, perhaps I'm going too far there, but that they should at least be aware of this story before they just freely engage in all of the games and products that this company are offering. And, I mean, to be clear, if, if, um, if any of you don't know who Blizzard is, I mean, this is a company that's also tied with Activision. The company is called Activision Blizzard. These are the guys who made World of Warcraft, all of the Call of Duty games, um, which was so huge. on and so forth. Obviously, World of Warcraft, massive, yeah. yeah. Um, so a massive uh, industry, massive industry leaders uh, who were accused in this massive lawsuit that involved, I think, tens of, uh, tens of victims, if not hundreds. Um, but I think at this point I'll pass over to you because you wrote this column on it. I, I wanted to start by just talking a little bit about the lawsuit itself. I think it, I, I want to get your opinion on this, John, because I think that this is quite an interesting point, that they led the lawsuit itself, the documentation of the lawsuit, um, with, uh, you know, if any of you know much about how these things work, it, it's kind of like if you wrote an essay for university or something, you would put the most important points kind of at the start. Um, and move on gradually down the page. And they led the lawsuit with these claims of um, sex discrimination. Um, in particular, uh, they were. it's alleged that they um, were um, in breach of the Californian laws surrounding equal pay um, and things like uh, promotion opportunities and upwards mobility within the company itself. Um, I, I, what I think is interesting about this is that they led with these particular allegations um, and at least from what I've read and from what and from looking at the lawsuit, I'm just I'm unsure why they would lead with these particular allegations considering the evidence that they at least present in the lawsuit documents isn't particularly comprehensive. For example, there's a clause right at the beginning where they discuss, you know, that um, a woman, for example, has never held the um, position of um, CEO um, and they show that, you know, there's a big disparity in terms of pay grades between employees, but the, which could very well be true. But the, the thing that I thought was interesting about it was that to make that point, they didn't show the pay disparity between two individuals at the same level 
so it's it, it, so if you're a programmer for Activision Blizzard, you know I'm I'm a man, you're a woman. Um, it, they didn't show that kind of thing because they what what I mean is that if we have the same job, and you as a woman are getting paid less than me as a man, then that's you know that's the case they're trying to make you know with this particular thing, but the table that they showed was the pay disparity between the top executives of the company. So, you know, Bobby Kotick was on, you know, a couple hundred million, I think. Yeah. And then um, the next level down was a woman who was on, I think, around 50 million. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she had a different job. You know what I mean? Like, it's different if you're the CEO to if you're the head of human resources or something like that. Um, yeah. It- I, I just, I am still trying to wrap my head around why the lawsuit would choose to go about it that way i i understand that because the meat of the accusations the meat of the allegations that are in the lawsuit itself are the sexual harassment stuff the yeah. things that you were talking about yeah. before that's yeah. the meat of 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 this um and then later on they talk about specific examples of um you know women having worked more hours and having um What's the word I'm looking for? Having produced better results, say in in, in a marketing campaign, for example, yeah. um, not getting a promotion because, say, the man, because it was a bit of a boys' club, and despite the fact a, that the yeah. man actually did worse than she did, um, it wasn't he it wasn't the get... tidiest lawsuit. I think the thing no. is they try to well, not they try to you know I'm sure they'll do it successfully, but they've. There's a lot of aggravations. As you say, the sexual harassment is the most harrowing and it's the, it, it certainly, I don't want to say draws the eye, but it's definitely the meat, the the central, um, I don't know what the right word is. I really am struggling with using the correct language here. Mm. But that is clearly the, the, the worst part of the lawsuit and it takes front and centre. But they've tried to in, uh, involve within this lawsuit other problems that they have with the company, other things about uh, failing to properly allow people to have the correct mobility within the company, not giving women perhaps the same opportunities. And you're right, maybe they would have been better to have not brought these together because it feels like... Well, I suppose it, well, I suppose it reflects on the same culture that produces both, but we end up with this certain untidiness whereby within these awful sexual harassment allegations we have allegations of you know failure to promote which just they seem trivial by comparison i don't know if it's so much that they seem trivial by comparison it's it's more that um the at least the way that they were presented in the lawsuit didn't really seem like they were particularly substantiated i mean like there must be a lot of evidence behind the scenes um at the state of california's level um, that these allegations are true. I mean, there was a two-year investigation mm. into this particular fact, yeah. um, into this particular lawsuit. Sorry, it's not a fact, obviously, because um, we don't know. Um, th- th- there was this two-year e- investigation, and, yeah. well, th- the big question is, why was this evidence that you clearly have because you haven't put it... Because if you're ma- trying to make this particular case... 
you need stronger evidence to say that women are not being paid fairly than whether the CEO and the head of a completely different department are getting paid the same amount. Because yeah. it's it was an unfortunate case where I think yeah. sorry sorry to interrupt you there, uh, but I do th- yeah I, I I see your point and I do think that. Yeah, it's it's uh, as I say. I think it's unfortunately the result of the same culture that's caused this. And I do believe all the claims in it. But you're right that there is this. It is as so many of these cases are. Unfortunately, because people at the time went thinking to constantly, you know, rightly so. These women went thinking they needed to record these things. It we receive it now so many years later because these allegations go back more than ten years. Many of them we receive it now as hearsay. Uh, so, I mean, you're right. The evidence that they do try and use for the promotional uh, or the lack of promotion is not as strong as it could be. And well, again, with sexual harassment, it's it's unfortunately hearsay. And it's not that I don't believe them, but it's it's just a case that I suppose these people at the time didn't think they needed well, to Well, I'm sure that themselves. in terms of the sexual harassment stuff, I... I, I I don't know because I'm not privy, and obviously we did reach out for comment, but it's an open investigation, so they wouldn't, they're not yeah. going to, to um, you know, provide us with that information. But I'm sure that there's plenty of evidence and stuff. My my point is not so much about the sexual harassment side of it; it's about the sex discrimination side of it. But similarly with that and with promotion, it's the kind of thing that would be difficult to. My um, thing is that evidence with with the promotional stuff and with the. Um, sexual discrimination stuff, I actually disagree with you. I mean, that is stuff that you can provide evidence for. You can provide literally pay slips. You can provide... Well, if it was the exact same position, they you know, could and they would. But, but in this is why cases, it's so bizarre that they would use this example. Do you know what I mean? The table that compares a CEO to someone of a different position isn't really helpful. I grant it's, it's you. Like it's like going, you know, like, it, yeah. oh, let's com- let's compare Jeff Bezos to Bobby who works at the local Amazon plant. You know, yeah. like it, it, it's it's maybe not as extreme an example because obviously it was another executive at the company. But it's uh, Bobby Kotick is the CEO, of course, he's going to be paid an insane amount of money. Whether he should, that's a different discussion. Yeah, um, yeah. But, you know, that's just the nature of reality, right? Yeah. Um, but then you say there that they could have proved it with pay slips. They can in the case of where it's the same job. But I'm sure there were pretty many instances where two people might have been applying for similar but not exactly the same positions. Maybe the company thought they only needed one. And these examples mm. where people were went promoted kind of slipped through the gap and could escape evasion and so i yeah you're right as i say really listeners please do go away and read at least a more extensive story of this if not the lawsuit it's not hugely long but as the evidence that you described that i agree Mm. isn't isn't wasn't strong evidence and it was weird they opened with it because it it, yeah, it yeah. was a strange thing to open with. It, it almost. What, what set did them you back. think of the fact that the lawsuit itself was only about? I think it was only thirty-one pages long, and it was written almost in a way that your average Joe can read it. You know, most lawsuits are very complicated and difficult to discern. Um, but it was clearly written for journalists, and it was clearly written for anybody to be able to read. So you ju- yeah, I think that's, that's really interesting. On the, that's what you just hit on the nail on the head there. Because as I said to the, well, I said earlier, uh, I wasn't working that day, but I was talking to you because we were both interested in it, and I had e- emailed um, the uh, the the um, DFHA. 
Uh, uh, sorry, I want to make sure I get there. Uh, D-F-E-H. D-F-E-H. Department of Fair Employment and Housing, I believe, yeah. Perfect, thank you. I had emailed the D-F-E-H and they were In within, California. In California. <laughs> uh, and they replied to me within, within minutes with a prepared sort of response for journalists with, as you say, a lawsuit that was in very readable plain English. Um, so, I, did, I mean, I think their willingness to share that with me so quickly, I, I think obviously it's very much in their favour if they can promote this case publicly. I mean, it's not a, you know, that's not a... I, I, I'm not opposed to that. I, d I don't have any problem with them doing that. I mean, I don't know whether a judge would say that that would... No, it's civil court, so it wouldn't matter, actually, because no. you couldn't prejudice a jury. There isn't one. Um, so I, I, don't, I don't have a problem with the fact that, as you no, say, I, they I, clearly I, wanted to publicise I, I don't think it's... I, I don't have a problem with that. I'm just... I think it's a very interesting move. And a good one. It, like, yeah. it clearly is. Well, you know, if you go across these communities... Because I was having a look in uh, StarCraft 2, which was still quite an active uh, member of that community, even though the game has long since died. And World of Warcraft, I, I don't play it still actively, but you know, I still follow the Reddits. And you could see in the conversation that you know, it, a lot of these people that were still into these games, it really has affected them. And a lot of them at least were claiming to be boycotting the products to have personal problems with them, mm. to say that they, you know, these are people who are lifelong, you know, played Blizzard for, pl sorry, played World of Warcraft for 10 years who are finally going to give their accounts in. Now, it's easy to say on Reddit, but we'll see. Maybe it really will have some effect, hopefully, yeah. on Blizzard. Um, so, yeah, I, th I think it was a wise move, but I think you're right. It was yeah, intentionally publicised. But I'll just um, quickly, um, we shouldn't take too much longer because we're already at about almost 110 minutes. Not Are 110, already, one hour and 10 minutes. We're already at an hour and 10 minutes. Yeah, so what I just wanted to do was, um, I just quickly wanted to make a note that um, just, I believe, yesterday, um, Activision Blizzard's president um, has stepped down. I also believe I didn't write a story about it today, but another head executive head executive of um, public relations has also stepped down. We don't know whether this is related to the lawsuit itself, but I think it's very highly likely because both of these individuals were um, mentioned or at least were involved in the lawsuit in some way or another. I believe yeah. that this that the president. Um, was involved in a couple of controversies yeah. earlier in you know in the last decade or so, which have been um, brought to light over the last couple of weeks. So I just wanted to make note of that news. Um, but then I also just wanted to quickly go to um, the column that I wrote about uh, a week or two ago regarding the this particular lawsuit. Um, it's called "Are You Really Surprised by the Activision Sex Scandal?" Um, so I thought that I would just, as as we did last week, with a bit more of a uh, light-hearted topic that, that time, but um, this time... I know, time... it's hard to have a free-flowing... Well, not, it's good that we talk about this. It's something we're both interested mm. in and important. So do go ahead, but as you say, it's harder to have the free-flowing yeah. chat. When well, I just thought that um, I subject. just wanted to go through two main points that I made in that particular um, column, and we can have a brief conversation, then we can um, move on for the end of the podcast. Um, but the two points that I, that I made really were um, that the, 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 the scandal itself is not particularly surprising, which is the main thesis of the actual column itself. And then within that, there were two points that I made, which were the most important points. And that was part one was even if it 
Even if inclusion is the only important thing, Activision Blizzard proves that we're not there yet. So basically, if we're talking about equal equity, inclusion in the workplace, men, women, we're talking about the discrimination side of the lawsuit, not the harassment side of the lawsuit, even if that's the main point of the lawsuit, this proves that we're not there yet. We're not at the point where this is, you know, a conversation that we can just stop having and we can pass off. And I think one of the main points of it that, that I really wanted to, you know, drive home is that I believe that a lot of people, when it comes to these kind of issues, especially in terms of, you know, inclusion in the workplace, whether it be about race or sex or um, sexuality or gender, whatever you wanted to talk about, um, one of the biggest points that I think a lot of people make is that, um, you know, we're there. Women can get the top jobs if, if they work hard and they, you know, pull themselves up by the bootstraps and, and they, they get up to the top, you know. They can do it. There's no law saying, oh, you, you're a woman, you can't do that. Oh, you're, a, you're, you're a, a black man, you can't do that. There's no rules that are governing that, and thus we have, an, we have inclusion. So that was the first point that I wanted to make, that we're not at that stage yet. Either way. No, and I'd agree entirely. Even if inclusion was the solution to this problem, we're not at that point where we can say that it's solved. No, no. And, and I, just before you do on the next point, I'll just say to add to that, perhaps we've got a particular problem in the gaming community, not that I'm not going to claim here that we're particularly, you know, worse or that, you know, I'm sure there's a great many people, the vast majority of gamers that have respect for each and every person. But we do have a sensitivity issue maybe in the gaming community where we don't like being accused of it. And we very much resent the idea that there is still this problem. And, you know, as I say, I'm not accusing gamers or gaming culture of being anything, but an openness to that conversation at least would be nice to see. And I think we are if nothing else, a bit sensitive to that and we don't even like to hear it mm. um, maybe as a community. But please, sorry, carry no, on. No, absolutely, I agree with that. No, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, um, so the second point, even if inclusion has been reached, so even if you have 50% women, 50% men, 50%, you know, black people... 50% white people, whatever you want. Whatever your definition for inclusion or equity or whatever the metric is that you want to apply here, even if we have met that, that does not solve sexual harassment or discrimination itself. Because just because you have 50% of the population at a company who is this demographic and this 50% is a different demographic, that does not necessarily mean that those two are going to be equally treated. No. Um, and my kind of closing comment on that was that the only real solution to this is that respect is the most important thing and that a change in the culture at a company like Activision Blizzard and at a company like Ubisoft, which is um, facing similar... Yes, don't let them get off yeah. on an easy... Yeah, we should say we're currently talking about Activision Blizzard who are accused of quite horrendous crimes here, but we should also say Ubisoft had a case similar to this recently and it's a shame to see that no longer be part of the conversation. So I'm very mm. glad you did bring that up again. Um, and, and I agree with you here that just because you... Re there's no quota that, at which we'll reach 
from from that point. There's no there's no mm. quota we can reach where we can say we're done now. We've beaten racism. Or we've beaten sexism. You're right. Um, I think it does help that we have that they've started to promote. So just recently, in the position of the uh, Blizzard uh, exec who stepped down, they had it replaced by two individuals, one a man, one a woman. And I think it does help to have. Uh, I think it does help to have women promoted to those positions of power to try and prevent that boys club culture in particular. No, absolutely. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent but you, but you're right as i said I, I think we're in agreement here we were talking a lot about this with each other but i think yeah you're absolutely right we should we couldn't we can't let these companies go as soon as they say look 50 percent of our ceos are women or exactly, you once, you know, exactly of our yeah. shareholders or something you know i mean it would be nicer if if that was just the normal state of things yeah and then we could actually yeah. talk about the real problems that that are still going on because there will still be problems with a lot of these same issues even if those quotas are met. Yeah. Um, but the point is that we will still have those problems. Yeah. So yeah. Th- it would be it, – it, it's obviously the ideal situation that, um, that, you know, Activision Blizzard really sits down and goes, okay, well, we're being sued for – discrimination based on gender um, and the sexual harassment um, claims that possibly have come from the fact that the first point makes. <laughs> yeah. If you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Right? So I think that it, it's just, it, it is a very unfortunate case um, and uh, I think it's only going to get worse for them over the coming weeks. And I, I, I will say that, yeah. Jesus Christ, you wouldn't want to be on Activision Blizzard's board right now, apart from the hundred million bucks. But, um, <laughs> you know... I, oh, you're right. The legal departments right now must be... Yeah. I mean, they're working through the clock and, and it is... you also have to admit that the last, the last two years haven't been great for Activision either, so... Um, no, all Blizzard have been tanking for a while. Yeah, like, yeah so it's a, <laughs> it's a... I'm imagining yeah. the war room a little bit, you know, like yeah. everyone's st- sitting around going, what the fuck are we going to do about this? Well, I've got an idea for you guys. Do something, you know, like <laughs> just do something, you know, and, yeah. and, and enough of these these petty little um, remarks that that... that that you've been giving about, you know, the the state of California and the reason why yeah, companies are leaving California. Towards, it was such a cheap play, that. Sorry to... Uh, right, for context, listeners, what Evan's referenced there is that when the allegations first came out, Activision Blizzard gave a public statement saying that this was largely untrue and that people were drawing false comparisons between different events that happened and that actually what this was was an example of... California being overbearing on companies that they would have to leave. And clearly, what they were trying to appeal to there were people who don't like the um, liberal culture that California represents. And they were clearly trying to make people think that California is being, oh, ultra, ultra feminist or, or, you know, ultra progressive. And that's what they were really trying to embed in people's minds. And it's not that at all. These really are harrowing cases that we're not going to share on a podcast because it's just... It's not the right format, and as I say, do go and read it, but this is not that. This is not a case of people being too sensitive or touchy to these issues. It's, you know, objectively wrong things that mm. need to be righted. So I'm glad, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up then. I wanted to, yeah, it's a good job that we reminded ourselves of that, their cheap attempt 
to try and pin this on the on on turn this into a yeah turn this into a culture war i mean yeah. it's, it's not a culture yeah. war it doesn't matter what side of politics or no or it, anything yeah. you're on um mm-hmm. i mean it's gaming it's about gaming it's about creating a good gaming culture and a good gaming a good place for the developers and the the, the staff at the companies that create the games that we all love to play yeah, we want those people to be treated fairly and treated with respect, and, and, and not it harassed. Be, it must be such a. It's got to be quite a scary industry for a young um, woman that's really interested and passionate about it. But this, you know, it is at least perceived as such a male-dominated culture. It is uh, I could yeah. I, I sorry. I'm 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 having verbal diarrhea, but I'm just trying to express my enthusiasm for your point. That mm. that is what I'd like to see as well, um, and that we at early game do promote that in everything we do, and that we would like to see. More of it, just in... despite the fact that our podcast right now is a uh, two two white men you know, having a bit of a conversation here. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, yeah, that is true. That is objectively true. But it's not the case that if someone, uh, uh, it's not that these were. Uh, f- okay, okay, yeah, it's not that we were hired on this basis. We were just the two that volunteered. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So nice, little, uh, nice little, nice little, nice ender to remind run you yeah. just went on. Yeah. Yeah. Remind yeah. me to get off my soapbox and remind myself. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's very good. And I think on that point, um, it's 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 a good, it's an appropriate time uh, to perhaps wrap that conversation up and think towards the end of the podcast now. Yeah. Um, but as I do say, listeners, really do try and uh, get out there, join my early games. You can access Evan's column. It was really well written. It was really comprehensive, and I think it did respect the case. And I think it's well worth a read. Um, but as we move now into the end of the podcast, I want to sort of brighten the tone slightly from people that might have been listening for some time that went down that dark alley with us to a little feature, something that you saw last week when I asked Evan who would help him up the mountain to Mount Doom and deliver the ring if he were Frodo, what video game character would he bring with him to help? Mm-hmm. And now I ask you, who, which video game character would you like to survive the purge with? Now, listeners, I'm sure you're aware of the purge. For those that aren't, imagine the thought experiment that one day a year for 24 hours, nothing was illegal. So people could do what they wanted and take the revenge they wanted and steal what they wanted. So it's anarchy among humans for a day. Such Evan. a stupid fucking concept. I know, it's just such a stupid film. I've got to give a very good friend, Callum, who tries to swear by them, but every t- it's, it's a fascinating debate to be had with him, but that's for another day. Evan, you've heard about this news. You're in your flat. You wake up bleary-eyed. I've dropped you a text, and you realise, what? The purge is happening today, but who will help me? Ding-dong, who's at the door? Master Chief. <laughs> of course. I mean, who else? I mean, I chose Joel for Middle Earth, but but come on, like in the Purge, you if want... you just want to defend yourself, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not out to murder people. You know, uh, well, well, I'm just out tell to that not to the chief. I'm, I'm just out not to get murdered myself. Okay, yeah, you're going for the ultimate protection. So, do you stay inside all day? You just you just 24 hours. You buckle down. You load up your PlayStation. Yeah. And you don't leave. And I just have um, Master Chief by the door with his, you know... <laughs> like en- a bouncer. With an energy... reduced to the role of a bouncer. <laughs> okay. An energy sword and a couple of guns and, yeah. Just guarding your flat. I imagine you And in the basement, neighbors. we would just, you know, we'd be in the basement all day or something, you know, somewhere where no snipers can reach you, you know. The only thing that could really happen is you could get bombed. But I'm sure that Master Chief carries something that can detect that kind of shit. So you hunker down. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> okay. Well, in a 
in a, we're going full circle now from the beginning when I when I criticised you for choosing GTA. I'm now going to pick a character from GTA Five <laughs> on the purge. I'm going to go with Trevor, who we mentioned as a very poor role model, because I would take advantage of the purge and go with Trevor on a crime spree, <laughs> a thieving spree. But do you really want to <laughs> risk your life? <laughs> what you got to also what, for remember PS Fives and HD TVs. <laughs> You gotta also remember that that this is the purge, so Trevor could kill you, and that definitely seems like you know oh God, Trevor's I mo. That. You know, like that'd be the kind of thing that he would do. This is one of the other I reasons why I chose Master Chief, because Master Chief does have a code of ethics. You know? <laughs> yeah. He's agreed. I'm sure we've had Trevor a written contract me. somewhere. You know, like <laughs> he's agreed. He has morals, and oh. he's you know he wouldn't kill an innocent. He wouldn't humans. kill an innocent human. No, he'd only kill an innocent grunt that only wanted to run around with his hands in the air. Trevor very much might though. Trevor very much might. No, kill Trevor me. would be like, <laughs> you survived until like you know like the the purge ends at like six a.m. and he's like <laughs> five minutes to six. <laughs> Bang. Yeah, man. it'd be completely chaotic. But yeah. maybe for those opening twenty four hours, I'll have an amazing time with Trevor painting the town red with yeah. theft and crime. Which probably says something <laughs> about me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Next time I'll stay in my apartment with Master Chief. Yeah. But I like how that brings us full circle. Before we do end, we should give a shout out now to what's coming up. Yes. The weekend. So, from. do you want to do Battlefield and COD? And then I'll do Rocket League, then we can. Yes. Yeah, great idea. So, we don't quite yet, listeners, have recordings of the wonderful heads of department who work here, who gave us some great help for what to look out for from their games, the ones where things big were happening. But from me, as a Battlefield writer, head of Battlefield, uh, this week ahead, you should expect leaked screenshots and gameplay of the playtesting, because it's at-home playtesting of Battlefield 2042, So, as always happens, as I said at the top of the show, do expect some leaks. I know that's not the most exciting thing, and you can't plan around that, but I do want to say that on behalf of Battlefield, tune into early game, tune into the Battlefield, tune into my section, follow me, Um, (laughs) and there'll be some good stuff coming this week. Warzone, second thing, big part of, we're both part of the Shoots team, Mm -hmm. but Warzone, next week, next Thursday, this is genuinely huge. Uh, Season 5 launches. Which is, is probably going to be Thursday. Is a really huge. It's huge to people that play Warzone Heaven. No, but me it, and Lewis will be playing I, it. I, I mean, I'm not. I'm not bitching on. Uh, sorry, I'm not close enough to the microphone. Um, I'm not bitching on Warzone, but like, wasn't season four like two weeks ago or something? You know, like, when the, what the fuck is going on, man? Like, you're, you're right. Season five already. <laughs> you're right. Every four weeks, we build up the hype for this one event. But I promise you, come Thursday morning, six o'clock Central Eastern European t- Central European time, five o'clock in the morning UK time, and twelve at night Eastern Standard Time. Expect season five of Warzone to drop with new weapons and content around the board. It's going to be great. Me and Lewis will enjoy it. <laughs> Sorry. Good old <laughs> Lewis. Yeah, I know. All right, well, um, for Rocket League, we don't really have much coming up. I mean, look, uh, Season 4 will be coming out, I believe, on the 11th of August, so look out for that. Um, obviously, when that happens, we'll get all of the Season 3 rewards. Got a new vehicle out today. It's called the Dingo, and yet it looks nothing like a fucking Dingo. It's insane. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand. It's got an Octane hitbox, um, and, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's a new car, and there's a new event that's going with it, which is going to bring some new items to Rockley. So keep an eye out for that. From our Fortnite lady, 
I just thought I'd bring this up because um, we mentioned it earlier in the podcast. Good old Elisa. Um, she let us know to let you know that Ariana Grande is going to be playing some music in Fortnite um, from the 7th until the 9th of August. So look out for that one as well. Jump into the game if you want to see Ariana Grande and two mil- what is it, 20 million bucks for doing absolutely fuck, no, fucking nothing. Um, <laughs> so enjoy. You won't be tuning enjoy. in. Um, uh, I'll be there with my reserved seat next to me, my digital reserved seat. Yeah, Where absolutely, are you? absolutely. You'll be late to the concert. I'm surprised they're not charging for fucking tickets. Yeah, that would be a joke. That would be a joke. They would do it, though. Yeah, they would. They would fucking do it. They would. Uh, yeah, that's me. Yeah, move on from my like little bit of passive-aggressive <laughs> rage there. Angry at Fortnite, but yeah. perhaps rightly so. But uh, yeah, uh, oh, there's also, as we'll mention next week, I think, oh, I'm going to try and get a recording. Uh, Alyssa, who, as I say, runs our Fortnite, is also got some very fascinating news about a competition that's coming up, which, as I say, I'm going to try and get her to come on the podcast, uh, at least at this point. Um, but we'll just wrap it out with uh, something from the FIFA guys. Some, uh, yeah, so, so share a desk space near us. Pe- f- I'm fumbling so much here. Let me double check that because I don't want to make a mistake. Right, go. Okay, FIFA, final round out, big. This weekend, FIFA 22, wow, so much going on. This weekend, the gameplay trailers for career mode and pro clubs. Wow, holy shit. You said it. You you said it about right, Evan. And I'll tell you this much about pro clubs. You're now going to be able to choose the chant that the audience sing while you play. And and you're going to be able to choose the lawn patterns. Is this also the one where you can choose whether you want to play as a woman? That will be something that happens in FIFA 22. Maybe we'll even get a gameplay reveal of that. Exactly. Yeah, You'll be able to play as a woman in pro That, class. my friend, is the difference between EA and Activision. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a bit of an inappropriate joke. <laughs> but I, 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 well, as I say, it's nice. It's, well, it's, well, no, we can say this much. It's certainly nice to see more female representation in these big sporting titles. And a shout out to. All of our wonderful listeners from episode one, enjoy episode two. We'll be back with you next week. Have a great week. Evan, it's been fantastic. It really has, mate. Cheers. Tweet at Olimar Will. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>